The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. And welcome back, my friends, to a show after the end. I'm glad that you could attend, and let's see what we've got waiting inside. This is James. I'll be your keeper this evening, and welcome back to the Old Base Podcast. Uh, tonight we have part two of a fun charcuterie board of terror and gore, I'm quite certain. And on said chopping block is a small cadre of people that are very dear to my heart as is peeling away their sanity. So I will let them introduce themselves. First off, to my right. Hi, my name is Mike and I'll be playing Derek Muller. And uh, Derek's arrived a little further north and he has a whole ton of questions about what in the world powers this amusement park, if it can be called that. All right. Next at the table. Hi, this is Jake and I'm playing Scotty Roush and uh, I do not want to be here. No, 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 no. And honestly, sir, I do not blame you. Um, But hey, so far it's actually been, uh, it's all been hot dogs, hamburgers, and, and good times. Giggles and giggles and laughs. Uh, next at the table. Hi, this is Rena, and I'm playing Renata Wojcik, and I've got a really bad feeling about this, guys. I'm, I'm certain that your bad feeling is just tummy troubles from, from the drive. I'm sure you'll be fine, and everything here will be all hunky-dory. And last at the table, but not least at the table. Hi, this is Ali, and I play Cairo Lamon. And I'm pretty sure this place is just creepy as shit. That's a pretty fair assessment. Uh, it does seem to have uh, all of the earmarks for something that is, in fact, officially classified as creepy as shit. So, camera in on our friends this evening, folks. With me, if you will, just beyond the turn, the now frozen turnstile gates of the Carcosa Carnival. Our friends stand, confused looks upon faces, with a small list and a map in each hand. A requirement, a list of tickets, colored tickets, and a little map that's been color-coded conveniently for them of this small, somewhat shabby, now brightly lit, carnival as it 
like a phonograph player that they just heard recently, begins to wind up. This carnival also begins to wind up, seeming to chug to life. You begin to see figures moving amongst the tents and the various arpitures and the red and yellow stripes. You can hear calliope music floating on the air and smell. Oh, does that funnel cake? Maybe, I don't know, cotton candy? Something saccharine and sweet. And there's an undertone under it that makes you want to wrinkle your nose. Tell me, dear friends, what are you doing? This has to be the strangest place I've seen in a long time. I don't know how this place even survived. Hands down, this is definitely one of the strangest things you've seen since the skies turned that disgusting bruise yellow. And even with the rampant insanity that's running through the streets of mankind, screaming its full head off, this is still hands down the strangest. You don't know how it's powered. You don't know where food is coming from. Uh, uh, sh- should we uh, get out of sight? Are there people moving around? Probably. Out of sight of what? Well, the figure is moving around out there in the carnival. As he points them out, you down one of the dis- or one of the alleyways between the tents, you see someone walk across. Um, so you only see them for the mo- for a moment, but there definitely was someone there. How do we know those people aren't the people we're looking for? Our families, our friends. When Kyra says that, it very like a glass of cold water poured over each one of your heads. It occurs to you that you were here to look for people, and that was a person. Okay, I stuff the sort of list that I got from the machine in my pocket. If that's a person, we go figure out who they are. But we treat everybody as infected. Assumed. Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah. Makes sense. I changed gloves because I had to touch the button on that uh, creepy thing to get my list. And the even though the kiosk itself is the the or the vending machine itself was fairly clean, the buttons are actually kind of that dingy, having been pushed a lot with greasy fingers. You know. Oh, oh yeah. I'm absolutely changing gloves. I'm quite a germaphobe. Understandably, at this point. Uh, yeah, um, you. In fact, you you attribute your survivability somewhat to the fact that you're something of a germaphobe. My parents used to laugh at me wiping down every surface before I would go anywhere, and now they're gone, and I'm not. What does that tell you? Occasionally, your wife will hand you empty boxes of Kleenex and suggest that you wear them on your feet in a very subtle jab at your, you know, um, playful jab at your germophobeness. She also, of course, understands entirely your issues and she helps you with them, but she also refers to you as her Howard Hughes occasionally. I mean, valid. Anyone else want some gloves? No, but we should probably have weapons at the ready, right? Yeah, I suppose. Well, if they're infected, it's easier to put them down. Okay, this got very dark very quickly, and I'm really not sure I like the direction this is going in. 
his words are a haunting, or are, are, are served with a haunting backdrop of calliope music that as it bounces around the various surfaces of the carnival seems distorted and off. So let's just do our best to keep people at bay. Let's not make any um, life-changing decisions just yet. If, if there are people here, and if they are infected or not, Let's not play judge, jury, and executioner right away. Or ever? I, I just I just think if, uh, if they're not infected, then they would already have met us, right? Well, maybe they think we're infected. We could as just as equally be seen as the intruders here. This is not our home. There's a loud screech of metal off in the distance as you see the Ferris wheel itself begin to slowly spin. Hmm. I'm going to put my hands to my uh, mouth a little bit and call out for my grandmother. You don't uh, you don't get any response other than from the music and the music and the faint sound of is, is it lo- talking? Laughter? Well, the Ferris wheel is turning, and that's orange, and I need an orange, so I'm just going to shrug, and I'm going that direction. Anyone else need a orange thing on their list? Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. Well, come on. Yeah, might as well. Claudia nods and s- walks next to you, Scotty. You keep talking to someone creep. She seems to want to stay close to you. It's it's Claudia. Whatever, dude. Hallucinations? Are hallucinations by any chance a symptom of being infected, Keeper? They absolutely are. Um, hallucinations are one of the early stages of being an infected. He doesn't seem to have the rest of them, which is, there's a lot of... Um, uncontrolled muscle spasms, teeth clenching, eye rolling. And uh, the hallucinations are usually, they come in two categories. They're either extremely quote-unquote pleasant to the sufferer or extremely unpleasant. Well, I'm just going to be keeping an eye on Scotty, that's all I'm saying. And maybe move a few inches further away. Let's go. And I assume you head off? Absolutely. All right. Renata heads due south from where you are and begins to weave her way over tent roll or tent stakes with ropes and out into the main thoroughfare. Everyone going with, or are you guys, um, are you going to go in buddy system and Scooby do it here? (laughs) I do not need an orange. And so I stay put. Okay. So you're hanging out by the gate. I think we should stay together. Scotty doesn't know. I need an orange too, but uh, I, I, really, I, re- I really think we should stay together. I pick up my paper. Red, green, and blue for me. Well, yeah, but I mean, didn't you ever watch a horror movie before the cinema shut down, my dude? Mm, I mean, a few. I wasn't really into slasher flicks, though. All right, if you stay in one place, you're just making yourself a target while the rest of us go off and stay safer together. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All right. I just keep going. All right. So Renata heads, as was stated, due south towards the Ferris wheel. Scotty, you seem to be trapped 
kind of in the middle of this subtle tug of war here. This reminds you a lot of when, of right before um, your parents split up, when they were fighting so much. And it was really Caitlin that helped get you through such a weird, unpleasant tug of war. Well, this is obviously obviously not as bad. You still know and, and like these people, so there's that sense of discomfort. Uh, well, I need an orange, so so I have to go, I guess. Yeah, go get one. Okay. So you reluctantly head south with Renata, throwing more than one ca- one almost pained expression back towards Derek and Kyra. So, uh, Kyra, are you going to stick with Derek? Uh, yeah, probably, just because I know that, generally speaking, especially with infected, being alone is not generally the best place. And I also need a blue ticket, which he needs as well, so might as well go. All right, so so a blue ticket and an orange ticket, is it? All right, well... Let's keep the camera with Renata and Scotty for a moment. We'll be right back, Derek and Kyra. Scotty, you double up your pace because Renata is walking with purpose. She seems to have set and determined. We're just going to get this done. Let's just do this. It's almost like they never played D&D. I don't understand. You never split the party. Everyone knows you don't split the party. Scotty is mumbling as he catches up to you, Renata. See, I know that I'm not going to be the first to go no matter what, because the gay usually goes second to last, so I'm fine at the moment. So, all right, Scotty, did you bring your friend? Yeah, yeah, she's she's here. Okay. I don't know what we're supposed to do with this exactly, and I'm looking up at the Ferris wheel, but also just kind of casually looking around to see if anyone who looks like Audra might be here. You haven't seen anyone that looks like Audra. You have seen a few of the people that walk by, one or two of the people that you walk by. Now, you assume, have you attempted to stay as clandestine as possible, or are you just walking like you belong here? I mean, as a photographer, I normally just walk like I belong somewhere because I've learned that people will ignore you if you look like you fit in, whereas they're more likely to be distracted by you if you're sneaking. So I'm just acting like I belong here. I've always been here. We have always been in the castle, you know, that kind of thing. All right. You, so you were, as he said, purposely striding through the carnival to get to this Ferris wheel. You arrive at the Ferris wheel. It's 200 feet tall, stretching up into the mustard colored sky, uh, like a, a spire slowly turns that high-pitched metal shrieking, groaning sound now slightly louder, although it's not as piercing as it was when it first started. It looks like it has knocked the rust off. Unoccupied gondolas swing back and forth in the breeze, and it grinds to a halt as you guys get to the where the, the platform, the entry platform. I just slowly look over at Scotty. Well, that wasn't that wasn't creepy at all. Do you think we're supposed to ride this thing? I I, I guess. The gondola that's facing or that is has stopped 
at the bottom. Conveniently, the door to the 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 um, safety door is open, almost as if it was waiting for an occupant. Oh, look, I think it just answered that question for us. What a coincidence. Jesus, Maria, Joseph. Claudia, do you need a, a orange ticket? She actually goes to, as you guys enter the gondola, you turn to say that to Claudia and her eyebrows furrow as the door behind you closes suddenly with a loud clang. I guess not. Almost taking off one of your fingers. She runs up and puts her hands on it. She's like, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to. Behind her, something appears. It's about seven feet tall. It's hovering a few feet off of the ground. And it has a symbol seared in yellow, burning fire on its forehead. And it advances towards Claudia with its, with its hand out. Run, Claudia, run. She turns and looks, and with a high-pierced shriek that only a terrified eight, nine-year-old girl can muster, it grabs her by the ankles and launches into the sky as faster than you can blink. Claudia! She's gone. All you hear is the scream, and then the gondola begins to move. Do, do I see slash hear any of this? You see... You see only Scotty's part. Holy crap, did you see that? See what? So appeared behind her and just grabbed her and took off. Okay, buddy. You sit on that side and I'm going to sit over here. Renata, make a pal roll. Oh, God. Why? Just just why, James? Because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. 46 under 60. All that right. is a pass. You distantly like the sound of a of a loon across the lake, you hear a high-pitched sound like a shriek go by the gondola as it's rising. You can't see where it comes from, but it sounds terrified and distant, like echoey almost. Starting to think this is a game in which passing your power rolls is not a good thing. Okay, I heard something, but... I mean, it's probably a bird. It, it, was, it wasn't a bird. It was Claudia. Scotty, you see, you get to the top of the Ferris wheel and whatever is holding, whatever took her is hovering below you somewhat so that as the wheel turns, you will come face to face with them at roughly the four o'clock position. If you get what I'm saying there. And it's holding her upside down by her ankles. She is struggling and 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 she looks like she's trying to get free. And that is one of the things that hurts your head the most is that you know that you are not creating that response or the creature that's holding her. I I don't know what's going on, but I I, I think maybe we should make sure we don't uh, uh, go into areas we shouldn't. We don't have tickets for. Or... Scotty seems very pale as he's staring at something just a bit down. No ticket, huh? No ticket. No ticket. 
As you descend towards that spot, Renata, his eyes stay fixed on this same empty spot in space. Scotty, it's about 10 feet away from the edge of the gondola, so even if you leaned out, you wouldn't be able to reach her. You know that. But Renata, his face is no longer the thing that's concerning you. It's the fact that your bottoms of your feet just got very cold and wet. That, that wasn't me. Scotty, you feel the same sensation. And you look down and the gondola is... It's like a bug cage, a sieve, in which two insects are placed with the door closed that's being slowly lowered into a pail of water. This cold, murky, brown, fetid lake water is very quickly filling the gondola. Okay, we need to get out of this thing. Yeah, but but how? How far up are we, Keeper? 120 feet, 130 feet still. Yeah, we're not jumping that. I'm going to pull my feet up on the seat and just try and keep myself on the seat itself so that the water isn't touching me. Okay, both of you curl up on the seat. The water does not slow down. And Renata, you instinctively brace your hand against the glass window of the gondola. And then it dawns on you. These windows are glass, not screen. Uh, I will pull my hammer out of my my tool bag and start wailing on the window. Okay. Scotty pulls out his hammer and starts wailing on this window. It's rebounding like plexi, making that boom, boom, boom sound as it does. Renata, he's, as he's hitting it, you're at... F- just just for a moment, at first you're slightly confused as to why he's so violently hitting the window until the water gets up over the seat. Oh, shouldn't do that. I, I don't think it's working. Um, um, the, the, you just think? Try the door. You try the door. I'm going to try and push the door open. It will not budge. What's the uh, ceiling made out of? Looks like corrugated metal. Got anything in your toolkit that'll work on that? Oh, well, I I have a Dremel. (laughs) The air is somewhat forced out of the both of your lungs as the cold water that hits your lower part of your diaphragm and comes up over your sternum. Okay, we might want to start working on the roof then. Scotty, you got the tools here, man. Just tell me what you need. Okay, yeah, I'll uh, start working on the roof. I try to, uh, there are screws coming down or bolts and nuts. Looks like rivets. Rivets, of course. I'm not going to be able to cut through those rivets in time. Scotty is examining the ceiling. The water is now collarbone. Okay, I want to take a picture of the inside of this carousel. Okay, you pull out your camera quickly, snap a Mm -hmm. photo. You you quick, you subtly thank yourself that this is one of those um, all-terrain cameras, so it's built for, you know. With my job, it has to be. Exactly. You take a picture of this, and on the camera, you see Scotty, which who was caught in the photo. You see him underwater completely, and there's bits of twig and branch and maybe some sort of little fish things floating around him. And he looks, you won't say water bloated, but not well 
Can I possibly get a screwdriver underneath that the lip and pry it just make me a mechanics roll. So does the picture show me anything else about what this inside of this carousel should look like? It does not. You don't even mm-hmm. see parts of the carousel. Scotty, you cannot get the screwdriver in. You I'm, are I'm now... going to spend nine points of luck to uh, make that a success. To make that a success? Okay. Yes. Y- you managed to wedge the screwdriver. You, you, you're, you're grasping and clawing like a rat beginning to chew at the sides of a ship in order to escape. You begin jamming the edge of this flathead screwdriver into this, this one small metal seam and you pry it up and you manage to get one full breath of air as you feel the water submerge your face completely. Renata, both of you are, I'm sorry, not just Renata, both of you are standing with your faces careened up as high as possible to catch that last little pocket of air as it disappears. But that pocket of air is not the only thing that vanishes. The floor underneath you also disappears. It seems to dissolve underneath you. Like it's there one second and you push up to get that last little gulp of air because your lungs are already burning. And when your feet go back down to touch that floor, it's just not there anymore. And you have this, I want to say sinking feeling, but and literally and figuratively as your foot doesn't collide with the floor like it should. It just goes down deeper and the water gets darker and colder. I'm going to need both of you to roll me a sanity roll real quick. No fucking duh. That's a 96 over 70. Oh my Scotty god. Scotty is not handling this shit well at fucking all. <laughs> there we go. I got a 94 oh. versus 58. So. Okay. Not to be outdone. <laughs> Renata says, oh yeah, hold my spinal fluid. I'm a, I'm a germaphobe and I'm in some strange, awful, terrible water. I hate it. Yep, floating in it, and there doesn't seem to be a way out. And as I said, your lungs are on fire because you you can't, there's no air. There, you had no chance to take a deep breath, and even the one that you did wasn't very much between the two of you. And while you're floating in this vo- watery, I won't call it a void because it's very clearly made of something, but this watery atmosphere. Can I also get both of you to make me some spot hidden rolls, please? I don't want to. That's 11 under 60. I got a three under 65. Damn, both of you are like, oh, hey, look, it's right over there. As Scotty, you turn first. Actually, no, sorry, uh, Renata, because she actually got the higher of the two. Renata, you turn and in the distance under this water with your photographer's eye, because you still have the camera on, it the, the small amount of light that it's giving off allows you to see that there is something moving out there in the water. Something big. And it's not... It's coming towards you, you think? Maybe? Fairly quickly, it moves in a unwholesome serpentine fashion. I told you I didn't want to make that spot hidden roll. All right. 
Um, I'm just going to take one very fast look, and I'm going to as quick as I can swim the other direction, because I don't have to outswim the thing, I just have to outswim Scotty. I appreciate that. <laughs> Damn. I, I, will, I will also swim, and I'm going to try to put this gondola between me and it. Maybe okay. it'll swim past me after her. All right. Renata swims off in the opposite direction first, and you seeing it shortly after decide that is also a fantastic idea. So you swim and not horribly far and you both collide with something on the other side. While the floor is doesn't seem to be there, the glass walls of the gondola and, and the small plastic bottom area swim into focus as you hit them and you realize that walls and ceiling wise you are still trapped in this lake or in this gondola and whatever it is coils around the gondola almost playfully. Can, can we swim under the bot floor? As you, you look down and whatever it is, there's more of it down there. So you could if you wanted to, but you also, as you have your hand on the gondola, you realize that the whole gondola is still moving down at a steady rate. Not sinking, but rotating. Can you both make me a con roll real quick? 58 over 45. I'm spending six luck to pass that because I got a 76 versus 70. Looks like I'm spending 13. Excellent. Like to hear it. So you both manage just barely to keep your lips together as whatever coils around the outside of this gondola has smaller parts coming off of it and you realize it's not it's not one creature this is just a part of whatever it is as bits of it open and blink at you and focus on the inside of the gondola before it drifts away in the darkness or at least this part of it does you can still see a large black mass moving you could swim out of the bottom you figure but as you come around or as as you decide Scotty that it's you and Renata you catch eyes and you in that split second decide that it's either swim somewhere or literally drowned in this gondola the world is upended as the water around you drains past you and you find yourselves in a crumpled heap on the bottom of this gondola floor, soaked, horrified. There are black, floppy things on the floor. They, you wouldn't describe them exactly as fish, nor would you describe them exactly as insects, but whatever they are, there's a handful of them gasping at the now thin air that you two are so lovingly taking into your lungs as you cough up mouthfuls of this brackish slime. I let out a yelp and jump up onto the seat to get as far away from the things as much as possible. And I am, as I finish coughing out the water, I am hurriedly digging another pair of gloves and another mask out of my waterproof camera bag. Just no, 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 not having this today. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Resolutely not looking at the black floppy things. 
So both of you for your time underwater and those failed sanity rolls, I'm going to need both of you to take three sanity as you feel as though you have drowned and almost the lake rejected you. I'm good with that. Yeah, I don't I have a problem. I didn't with want the re- lake anyway. Didn't reject me. I rejected it first. Maybe, maybe it, maybe it's willing to call you some night when it's drunk and give you another chance. So, while when the Ferris wheel gets to the bottom, it comes to a screeching stop. Literally, not a fast stop. It screeches as it comes to a halt. And a loud metal groaning sound. The door to the gondola opens and the last little bits of water and slime trickle out onto this the cracked pavement outside. The, most of the little black slimy insect fish things have stopped moving and breathing, but a few of them seem to be having turned towards Scotty and trying to feebly make their way across the, the floor of the car towards him. I start stomping on them. They, no, they, no, no, no. They pop with a disgusting squish, with a disgusting splap sound, and a yellow-green goo comes out from underneath each one with small bits of black that continue to flop and twitch and move for a few seconds afterwards. I assume you exit the gondola? Yes, and also check on that ticket thing. Oh, yeah. As you exit the gondola, you see another one of those kiosks, like at the beginning that gave you the map and as you pass two orange tickets are ejected from the the kiosk one for each of you thank you for your participation take it very gingerly okay that was nope I I, I don't think I can do this two more times well, if you just want to stay here in this disgusting, horrible park, you are more than welcome to, Scotty, but I'm going to get out of here somehow. Audra's probably stuck on one of these stupid games. Bet they made her did a roller coaster. She hates roller coasters. So while you two are now examining the park with a new and horrific level of knowledge, let's turn the camera, shall we? So, Kyra and Derek, which direction did you head off in? Well, given the colors that are needed, it looks like she and I both need a red or a blue. And there is a farm barn over there. You look off in that direction and you see a a crudely painted sign that uh, the says uh, petting zoo. And the E is backwards in a comical attempt at, at whimsy. Fantastic. Well, listen, I, uh, I don't know. There's only a couple things here that are marked red, and that barn seems pretty close. Why don't we see if we can, I guess, figure one of these out. Sounds good to me. So, yeah, we'll head off in that direction. All right, so you two head off in that direction towards the barn. It's not hard to find. It's actually a large wooden pavilion covered with a thatch roof. Uh, Pavilion area is... Looks like it was originally used for presentations and demonstrations. And attached to the back of it is an enclosed an enclosed uh, red barn. It looks well-maintained on the outside. Stands 12 feet tall to its eave. 
uh, and then another 10 feet beyond that to the peak. You see the glass windows lining it, and there it looks like they've been painted over with this mustard, nasty colored paint. And you hear through the windows, and, and what little you can see through the translucence of the windows, you can see and hear movement, um, shuffling sounds, snorting occasionally. In addition, there is a kiosk here, as usual, as you've seen. And in addition to the kiosk inside, or the kiosk normal text at the top, it also says, Please be gentle with our furry friends. There are fresh apples and hay to feed the animals. Don't forget to feed it that lurks for your participation tickets. Okay. So you gotta feed this thing, huh? I suppose I, I look around to find whatever. If there's a, a bin or something like that with feed in it. Uh, not outside. You assume it's probably in the barn, but the, the the barn doors are actually still closed, so you would have to... They're the big, the rolling type. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so I'll, I guess I'll approach the barn doors and take a look at them and see how well attached they look. Quite well attached. They are in no way locked or latched. It looks like they are just have been pulled closed. As you approach the door, you hear maybe the the bleed of a sheep or a goat distantly. Hmm. Are there any people around? Not like an attendant or anything around here, no. Uh, this seems a little off in the corner, a little off the beaten path, if you will. And uh, you don't see anyone really walking about. If you really look around off towards the Ferris wheel and what looked like maybe some food carts that you passed... You do see a few people walking about, and um, you see that there might be people on the Ferris wheel right now. Well, I suppose just give the, I'll give each side of the barn here like a once over. Just look down, you know, either side to see if there are any attendants or um, that sort of thing. You don't see any, um, just the just the, the barn sides and as I said it's well maintained it doesn't look particularly shabby or anything it's an older style barn looks like it was hand built at one point okay I suppose step up and grab up one of these handles for the the barn door with ease and that heavy metal on metal rolling sound it slides to the side with very little impetus you, you hardly have to pull it at all and there is a small amount of light inside from it looks like maybe one overhead hanging lamp with the kind of funnel-shaped metal lampshade on the outside that's casting some illumination to the area right inside of the barn. When you open the door, the smell of barnyard animals, feces, urine, and decay waft out of the barn at you. But now that the door is open, you also can hear more than just the bleat of a sheep. You also hear the um, the baa of a goat and uh, maybe some pig grunting in there. Okay. Hmm. Can you see, or is it just is it just too dark overall? Is Once you go inside, it's um, the transition from the outside light to the inside light is hard to make out any sort of 
Kyra, are you also entering the barn? Yeah, of course I am. And uh, once you pull the, she steps in and you pull the door over, mostly so that you can actually see in here a little better, Derek. And what you see is uh, maybe a 12 foot wide area in the middle that you're standing in. On either side, you see pens, three on either side, with um, four of the pens have animals in them. You can hear the animals rooting about, and there's hay and feed pellets and fresh apples in a bin on either side. Uh, It says, please feed the animals, um, with a little animal smiley face next to it on a sign above it. And then the barn extends maybe 10 more feet and into darkness where the light from this lamp above you does not extend. And it seems like there's a loft back there and up. Okay, so um, I suppose I'll reach over and grab some apples and maybe some feed pellets. Just sort of a couple in my hand and maybe a handful of pellets. Okay. You head towards the basket with the with the feed pellets and um, a goat inside the pen that you're closest to almost literally jumps to its hooves and rushes over to the edge of the pen. It doesn't look malnourished. It looks fairly well taken care of. But if you were to say that it was starved for anything, you would say it would be attention mm. as it nuzzles against you and eats the niblets right out of your hand. Okay. Kyra, as Derek is feeding this this animal, you look a little further in and you see something just beyond the light. If you if you were, you know, uh, to angle the light a little bit, something is hanging out of the maybe out of the loft or out of the ceiling. It looks like a sign. And then in the dim light of the further barn, you also see that there's a circle, a white circle on the floor. It looks like it's been painted there. So I guess I'm going to walk over to the white circle and see what this is about. Is there like a, a closed, locked gate in front of this? Nope. You, you can oh. easily walk right up to the circle. The main thing that you notice about the circle is that the on the floor, there is various shades of red and brown stains in pools and drag marks here inside the circle. It looks like the circle has been painted and repainted numerous times. And the sign says, the sign that's hanging down, the thing that's hanging down, is a small wooden placard that says, It That Lurks. It That Lurks are all, the first letters are capitalized as if it were a proper noun. Okay. Do I remember that from the kiosk outside? Yes, you do. That doesn't sound good. Make me a listen roll, Kira. All right. Um, All you hear is the sound of animals receiving what small amount of attention Derek can give each one of them as he's over there feeding the animals. Derek, you're feeding this goat and it just it's it's sucking up as much attention much affection as you can give it and you instinctively turn to 
to say to Kyra, to, to mention to Kyra that this doesn't seem so bad. Sure. Can you make me a spot roll as you do? Yeah, I can absolutely do that. That is a success, 35 under 40. Awesome. Kyra has turned to look at you and she's she's watching you pet this. As you turn to look back at her to say something, the words, they wedge sideways in your throat and turn cold as something above her, something large, the size of, say, a human leg or larger around, moves in the darkness just enough that you can pick out a detail, the details of its movement. And it bumps that little metal sign that now sways a little bit back and forth on its chains, making a small metal creaking sound back and forth. There is something very, very large in the loft above Kyra. Kyra, back up. Back up. I will hastily back up. You turn. He's looking at something, so you instinctively turn and look, and you catch. All you see is that the sign above you that you didn't touch is now moving on its own, swaying back and forth just a little, as if something else other than you bumped it. Yeah, I'm going to have my gun at the ready, because I don't like that. As you back away from this white circle... And you hear something, both of you hear something in the loft. You see little bits of hay fall down as something up there shifts. And it shifts enough that you hear the fundamental structure of the loft change its structure just to accommodate the weight shift. That's really big. I'm going to look for more apples. Oh, you've got you've got plenty. Um, you also can see through the crack between the two barn doors that the kiosk has not spit out any tickets yet. We have to feed it. Feed it what? Both of you make me a horrific idea roll real quick, please. <laughs> Ooh, that's a one. <laughs> okay, we'll play it out like this. With the one, Kyrie, you say. With what? And the look that instantly crosses Derek's face as he's, as his hand subconsciously stops scritching the goat's ear and withdraws from the goat, fills you in on everything you need to know. Derek, you can't bring yourself to continue touching this goat now that you are fairly certain you know what you have to do. So I'd like some context here, given my um, critical success here. And are are you suggesting that um, the way to feed it would be to feed it my compatriot? It, you are with one with the one on education. You are one hundred percent certain that the only way to get a ticket out of that kiosk out of out there is to put a meal inside that circle, one way or another. Understood. I I extend one of the apples to Kyra, but I don't extend it far enough. I'm going to essentially force her to come and get it. Okay. Kyra, um, make me a psychology roll. I suggest with the apple, I gesture with it. Psychology roll? Uh-huh. Ooh, three under ten for a hard success. Fantastic. Okay, Mike, what is currently your intent with waving that on? Um, my intent is to get her to come over here. Okay. 
he's trying to lure you over, whether it's to help him or for something, you're not sure, but suddenly inside of you, there's a question mark where there was a period before. A full stop. What's this apple for? It's for the goat. Okay. I raise an eyebrow. I'll I'll hesitantly take the apple. (laughs) Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I sort of look to the next pen closer. Is there other more more goats? Oh yes, there's uh, two goats, a sheep, and a pi- uh, pig in one of the pens on the other side. Ooh, perfect. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna coax this goat out of this pen. Okay, you are. I am gonna go over to that pig, and I'm gonna coax that pig out because I'm betting, just betting. To get our ticket, we're going to feed that thing. It wants something alive. We're going to have to do it real quiet, though. The certainty, Kyra, with which he is eyeing these animals now, is almost more chilling than the knowledge that there's something up in the loft that's waiting for a snack. Can you both make me sanity rolls? Yes, sure. If you don't mind. This seems like an appropriate time. Yes, Failure. Okay, so Kyra, you 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 are keeping it together. Derek, the knowledge of what you have to do has shaken you to your very core. Okay. This is fundamentally against everything you are, but the knowledge that you have to do it is what's really causing the schism. So I, I probably want to like wander off towards the, the pig. And I'm probably mumbling something like... Take one sanity loss, please, Mike. Okay. We're, we're the... Um, we're, 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 the we're the we're the apex predator here. We're the apex predator for a reason. And so we're just going to feed this little pig. And I sort of drum my fingers along the rail of the pen. You'll be fine, won't you, fella? I gesture to the, the pig. Oh. So I... Um, I will I will attempt to um, persuade the pig, as it were. Okay. You get to the edge of the door to the pen where the pig would have been led into this pen and hanging on the outside. And as you look around, you notice it's matched on the front of every pen by a small rope leash. Oh. They're made of, as I said, rope and an old rusty, like, carabiner. The rope is stained. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, do you, do I think it would be possible to remove the the carabiner and sort of put the pig in range of getting to the circle? You think with uh, you think with probably either a decent strength roll to physically wrestle the pig. Yeah, it would probably honestly be either a strength to physically wrestle the pig or a dex to catch a greased pig. I will let you make your choice on that one. How are you? What tactic are you going to take to catch this pig? Listen, I I don't think I've ever in Call of Cthulhu been asked to make a pig wrestling roll, but goddammit, tonight is different. So I am absolutely rolling strength in hopes of wrestling this pig. And that is just... So that is a 41 under 70. Fantastic. So 41 under 70. You, in short order, Kyra, he, he enters the stall and closes it behind him very quickly so that the pig can make a break for it. Although the pig doesn't really seem to 
you want to make a break for that door. In fact, it backs into the corner of the of this pad. And as Mike approaches, it lets out a plaintive squeal and runs off, uh, runs around, and he eventually gets it in the harness. He then, with very little problem, leads the pig with almost a sense of resignation over to the pen door and out. Do you lead it out to the circle? Oh, absolutely. Like, I am... I'm, I've am i probably cracked a bit of the apple to feed it, mm-hmm. to, to kind of coax it forward and let it sort of happily chomp its way towards the circle. The apple does seem to distract it some. Um, Kyrie, he leads this this little piggy, just a couple of years old, in towards this circle as it's munching apples. It keeps... You wouldn't say that it's it's looking forward and it, it well it pulls back on the rope a couple of times until he gets it into the circle and then it it its back haunches sit down and it looks towards the ground and begins to shake. Derek, I assume you're backing away from the circle. Yeah, absolutely. I want to be nowhere near this thing when whatever comes out of the loft does its job. Um and I'm probably still a little horrified mentally that that I've had to take it to this level, but at that same point, Keeper, I don't think I'm going to be able to look away. Like, I have to know what is in the loft. You have to see it, and that that literally is what drives you to keep your eyes open. Kyra, I will give you the choice. You are on the cusp. You are seeing this pig as it shakes, and... Your eyes want to stay locked on this little pig, but your eyes also want to close and you want to cover your ears and tell yourself this is just a movie. This is just a movie. So why don't we leave that up to a sanity roll, shall we? You find yourself unable to even blink. You have to see it. Even though you know you will never be able to purge, you're certain whatever happens from this moment until you leave this barn from your memory ever. And sure enough, you are not disappointed. Out of the darkness comes a barbed rope-like appendage. You you can only loosely classify it as a tentacle. It's as big around as a human torso on one end, and it it, it tapers somewhat to about the size of a, a a human leg. Maybe it's got small twitching. At first, you think maybe barbs, and you don't see it for very long to get a full, dist- of a full, you know, perspective on it. But they also maybe might be insect legs or or beaks. You're not sure, but it wraps itself around the pig, and you can already see these small appendages going to work as it very messily lifts this pig into the air. The sounds the pig begins to make are far far too close to being human for your comfort as this thing slowly pulls this pig back into the darkness but the sounds don't stop they are just suddenly accompanied by wet sucking and cracking sounds until then a moment or two later almost thankfully for you the squealing sounds do stop suddenly what do you do? I sort of stand there Liquid begins to spatter down out of the loft and drop onto the ground below. I swallow real hard. 
Yeah. Can I back just all the way out of the barn? Yes, you can both back out of the barn after, as you back out of the barn, I need another sanity roll from both of you. Oh. This this one is going to cost you a little bit. Derek, you, you have to do this. You have to do this to survive. And that's the only thing that you cling to, like a raft in a hurricane that keeps you from really going under the cold water of insanity right now. Kyra, your brain doesn't make that lot, that leap. All you know is that you just took an innocent, you just were complicit with taking an innocent uh, living creature that had probably done nothing wrong to anyone ever in its entire existence and feeding it to something that shouldn't be. And that sudden knowledge cost you for sanity. As you look down and realize that there are pig chunks on your shirt. And that's where I'm going to leave you guys for tonight. Thank you for joining us on the second episode of Carousel of Fear. Um, if you are enjoying it so far, I highly suggest that you uh, look it up on DriveThruRPG. It is a fantastic scenario. And of course, please join us on Discord. And if you are really enjoying the show, Patreon. We do have a Patreon, patreon.com backslash the old ways podcast. That's 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 what keeps us keeps the gore a flowing, folks. Thank you for joining me. Okay.